0: In a small, remote village, strange things have been happening. The food supply has dwindled, a plume of dust has surrounded the place seemingly from nowhere. The soldiers from the kingdom have gone mad with power, slaughtering people with reckless abandon. The village elders surmise, a curse has been cast on the people. With the town facing impending doom, how will the people of the little village survive? Brought to you by the youth of the Your Story, Your Way class, studio, and La Mesita. This is Your Horror your way 7.0 bringing you the spookiest ookiest, kookiest, and creepiest audio stories to grace your ears this is la vita maldita
1: it was a year ago today when i caught a cloud of dark smoke covered years of contamination corruption, neglect, and putting money over people
2: and go off the southwest side. There was a huge cloud just covering the entire neighborhood. It was dark, and they knew something was wrong. Um, Obviously, the
3: system is not working. Why is it that when you see a black or a brown boy in the street,
4: the police's instinct is to shoot them, and they shoot to kill. That's a problem. And I think that's just
5: a reflection that the police cannot be trusted. Workers got sick, over 85 of them. CONTRACTED COVID, UNFORTUNATELY FIVE OF THEIR CO-WORKERS DIED. THERE'S TOO MUCH KILLING OF OUR BLACK AND BROWN CHILDREN.
6: THERE'S
7: TOO MUCH KILLING OF OUR BLACK AND BROWN PEOPLE. CONSUMERS, WE GET OUR TORTILLAS. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT HAPPENS TO THE WORKERS? THEIR HANDS START
8: TO HURT, THEIR backs START TO HURT, THEIR FEET ARE HURTING, THE HEAT and ninety degree weather in Chicago is extreme.
9: The intimidation that is being used by this corporation no different than the tactics that are used to round people up, to separate families, and to force people into poverty. We, we want justice. To- check-
10: Hi, my name is August. I'm twenty three years old. And this is my second year in the Your Story Your Way program. We grow up so fast. Well, my favorite horror story is Uzumaki by by Junji Ito and it's a it's a wild ride. I really like it for the art. I think that's what most people like it for. The story's okay, but the art, the art though. Mwah. It's about like a curse on a on a village and then it's it's like spirals they come out of like they just start appearing and then uh, and there's like people obsessed with the spirals. They're like, oh my god, I got, I gotta have more spirals, you know? And then, and then that's, yeah, that's basically how it goes, yeah. Dang. If I were to have one candy for the rest of my life, uh, I'd be a sad person. But I would have to choose probably those, uh, those sour patch watermelon ones. Those are really good. Those are probably like, yeah, those are probably the best thing. It's hard to say. I got a sweet tooth. Oh snap! Uh, my dream Halloween costume—it'd have to be like Voltron, like the like the whole like Meg suit, like everything moves and everything. I don't know, like a transformer or something, so, some like robotic or something. You know, that'd be pretty cool. No, no, you know what? Maybe like a like a xenomorph from Alien, just like the whole. And then like like I'm standing on stilts or like or like pumps, like to to get the height too, because 'cause they're like nine feet tall or whatever. I don't know. That that w- that was scary. That's pretty good. Fifty thousand. The Scariest part of the year. Every morning I wake up. It has to be. Hey, hold on. I'm recording. My fans. You know. No, no, not, to- not today. I can't interview. I'm doing another interview right now. Tell my secretary. Yeah. The scariest part is when uh is when the fans come a crawling. You know. It's hard. It's hard to say what what the scariest part of the year has been. Um. Yeah. Like. Life is just an eternal, just one, one long scream and then you're dead, you know. Uh, The title of my piece, I think I'll decide on, on The King's Men. It's about like a medieval village. It's told from the perspective of of a young girl, witnessing a change in her village, more particularly about the guards in the village. And with this whole like, your, Your Horror, Your Way series here, we wanted to focus on maybe like a real world tie-in to these curses, you know? Though there's elements of like, you know, obviously this, we're not living in a medieval time, you know what I mean? I just picked it for, I thought it'd be interesting as a thematic thing, but like, this is supposed to correlate with the uh, increasing amounts of, of police brutality. Or like, I guess the increased awareness, you know? Cause it's always been, police brutality has always been in this nature. So I wanted to explore the topic of police brutality in like a context, of like like a fantasy context, you know? I wanted to take a, maybe a horror spin on it.
4: I remember the night before everything changed. Even then, something felt off about the way Mama and Papa had been acting.
10: It's time for bed now. Yes, Papa. <sighs> Good night, my love. We cannot do that.
4: What are we to do now that the harvest won't yield?
10: Nobody could grow anything. We simply cannot provide for the king. We barely have enough for ourselves. I heard a few men talking. Said they were looking to stop this fealty nonsense altogether. We don't need the protection. We can survive fine on our own, they say.
9: I don't even know what to make of that.
10: You and I both. (sighs) This winter might be our last.
4: The next day while working with mom in the village square, a fight broke out among the men at the ration stands. A king's guard came in to try to defuse the situation, but it escalated too fast. That night, more guards came into our village and demanded quarter in some of the homes.
10: Under Royal Decree, You must let us stay here.
4: A week had gone by since the incident at the square. Everyone had been on edge. We began to notice strange things about the guards.
10: I seen them. They froth at their mouths and have blood-red eyes.
4: They have teeth like wolves! When they gnash them, it sounds like the sharpening of blades!
10: I heard the soothsayers say they're possessed by...
4: ...demons. It's a full moon tonight, and I have a sinking feeling. I can't sleep.
10: my lord has my order been fulfilled yes my lord every insubordinate has been dealt with oh good and the crops they should be here by noon my lord excellent
2: Hi, my name
6: is Jennifer, I am 18, and this is my third year in the Your Story, Your Way program. I'd say my favorite scary movie would probably be Bride of Chucky because I like how it goes from like being this like somewhat gory movie to like having some humor involved. I really like that in movies. If I could only eat one piece of candy for the rest of my life, it would probably be Kit Kats. If I had the budget for a costume, I would probably be one of the sailors from like Sailor Moon. Like a really good costume, not like that stuff you find on eBay and it's like so raggedy. <laughs> no, I think I would probably be, I would probably pick to be I think Sailor Venus. I think that's the one I could pull off because she's got brown hair. I don't like that. Sailor Moon herself has yellow hair. That's it's not a look. Um so it would probably be like a like a sailor top, green, green skirt, some really high knee boots that are white platforms and probably some expensive hair pieces in my hair. I think the scariest part of my year so far is like being in like my first semester of college scared to fail my first semester for a class that i'm struggling in right now so the name of my piece is called the tortilla epidemic it's pretty much about a village that is obsessed with the specific brand of tortillas and once they stop manufacturing them everybody goes crazy starts killing each other starts murdering one another and it's just a whole epidemic up in there so let's take a listen
0: In a village, where Mexicans are skipping down the street in harmony for their Sunday breakfast of chorizo con huevos, huevos rancheros, and their arroz con frijoles. Is every tortilla created equal? Absolutely not. Just the texture and taste without overpowering what you're dipping the tortilla in. But what this village is about to face is a curse like no other. Ay, Doña Fernanda, sus tamales, riquísimos. Por eso le digo a todas las chismosas mujeres del trabajo que vengan a comprar de usted. No, no tenemos tortillas. Dramatica.
10: The tortillas are just out of stock. They'll make more soon.
6: You don't understand, the people who make the tortillas are on strike, meaning they aren't working until they get what they ask for from their employer. Till then, no tortillas, and that in itself is a horror for any Mexican out there.
10: It's not just about the tortillas. These people are being mistreated with low wages, short hours, bad working conditions and so much more. Did you think about that, man?
6: It's more serious than I thought. Not only are the employees on strike, but their own customers look so mad too. They're hitting the windows, repainting the building, and shouting at them to provide what their staff is asking for so that they can get back to work.
10: Psst, you know, if you really wanna get your hands on some tortillas, I know a guy that knows a guy that knows another guy. About where to find them.
6: Really? Who is it and where? I can Uber us. Shh,
10: shh, shh. no need for that. You know, hold on. Let me make a few calls. Hey, fool. Remember that favor you owe me? Well, now it's time to pay up. Meet me at the coordinates I sent you. And, shut up about it. It's discreet. Don't forget the goods.
0: Once the tortilla dealer was close to pulling up, little did he know that a Spooky had a tortilla comal ready to whack him if any shady business went down during the exchange.
11: Hey, it's me. Where are you? I'm here. Ay, Dios. Why did you sneak up on me like that? Were you planning on jumping
10: me? (laughs) (laughs) Me jump you? Oh, with some tortillas? Come on. I just want to have a dramatic moment, is all? Show us the tortillas, man.
11: That there, ladies and gentlemen, it's five boxes full of tortillas that everyone loves so much and you can not get enough. Pero con cuidado, es bien adictivo.
9: Each box
6: is roughly $15, so 15 times 5 is $75. That's what we owe you.
11: Oh, no, no, no. These tortillas are hard enough to get. I didn't drive all the way down here for $75. $35 for each box.
10: Get out of here with that.
11: Ah! asu!
6: Oh, my god. Spooky. What did you do? Did you just... Did you just knock him out?
10: You said you weren't paying 175 for tortillas, so now we ain't paying to do nada. You're welcome.
6: I never said to knock him out, though.
10: How you tripping? Get in the car. We got our tortillas, and that's all that matters. <laughs>
6: You know, I feel guilty having all these
0: tortillas. While feeling guilty of having all these tortillas, Spooky and Ghosty later realized that the tortillas in the boxes were fake and just covered in El Milagro packaging. In a fit of rage, Spooky turns the car around to go and kill El Tortilla Dealer.
11: Oh my god, not you two again. You already knocked me
10: unconscious. Yeah, and this time we're knocking you six feet under.
0: And it only got worse from there, as Spooky and Ghosty, just like everybody else, never got their goods. They were left longing for their addiction, and who knows if they'll ever be able to feed again.
9: first a year in Your Story, Your Way. Uh, my favorite uh, scary astro uh, trilogy is Fear Street. If I could only eat one specific candy, I would probably eat sour patches. If I had an unlimited budget and resources, my dream Halloween costume would be a jellyfish and I would have like, light up lights and strings hanging out of it. The scariest part of the year for me is the start of high school. I don't have a name for my story. And it's about about how a pothole became a monster and destroyed little village. It's 7.10 on a Thursday morning. Life is great. The plants are green, birds chirping. Cielo was on the way to school, going a good six miles per hour. Until boom, a huge pothole appeared out of nowhere. Was frozen in shock, the bike propelled them forward. The moment came out as a marvel scene at the rate they were going. Cielo scraped a knee, but it stopped being important when they felt this energy trying to pull them into the pothole. Cielo jumped up and started running. All seemed fine until the pothole was cracking its way to them. The hole was getting bigger and bigger, consuming the parked cars, the falling debris, and even the street lights. It is only two inches away from a 12, feet deep crack with a dooming end. Cielo jumped and threw himself on the sidewalk. The world has split in half. The ground started rattling. Growling started to get louder and louder. With it came these huge tentacles grabbing onto buildings and houses, tearing them down to the hole. Everyone was running out of their homes, scared cielo started shouting for people to go back to their houses to find weapons and defeat the monster as people started dispersing a chant ensued with them people brought back crosses holding on to each other they threw the crosses in and prayed the monster starts to scream in pain smoking up it started to smell like the sewer opened up When the smoke drifted away, there was no reminiscence of the crack that was once there. The monster tucked away once again. It just became another legend, another memory. In the end, Sheila rides off to the sunset back to school.
11: my name is Brian, I'm 23 years old and to be honest I've been part of your story your way for a few years now this might be my probably fourth year since I stopped coming to the program for a while and then came back I don't really play scary games at all but one game that I played recently that really had me on my toes was Resident Evil Village and i gotta say that at least the first third of this game was pretty scary so i really enjoyed it and i would recommend if you try to get just a little jump scares out of it if i can only have one type of candy for the rest of my life will be spicy pulparindos just because they use are so good and the spiciness is not too much and not too little if i had a limited budget to get out The perfect Halloween costume probably would be something simple like Master Chief from Halo. I just love the character and I just think it will be cool to have it just because everyone will recognize who it is and they will be surprised with it. The scariest part for me of this year will be thinking about my future and then not knowing where it's gonna lead me to. At one point I just thought about it too hard and I just had a mental breakdown. The title of my piece is just going to be life, plain as it is, and the piece is mostly going to be like based on metaphors for just life in general and how this system works, and pretty much the setting is that I'm working in this dark, you could say forest, and while I have all these things in my head like... Oh, I have to finish these school projects, I have to work more hours to get more money so I can pay my bills and also do stuff like my taxes just roaming through my mind and when I, while I have all that in my mind I start getting chased by these creatures each one representing each of my problems and as the story progresses I'm just trying to figure out a way to deal with this problem slash uh, creatures, and mostly the setting is going to be like, it's going to have a lot of suspense and basically they're gonna be chasing me around, so make sure you have someone to grab onto, because this is going to get spooky. I have been working on all these school projects all day. I need a break.
10: What's up, his bags?
11: My bills are due, and I don't have enough money to pay them. Do I really have to put more hours at work? Crap, I haven't filled my taxes either. Do I even have time? I really need that money. Did I really not check before? What's wrong with me? The closest gas station is five miles away. It's a long walk, but cheaper than calling a tow truck. Are you what do you want she's just staring at me what
1: the
9: <laughs> this
1: guy's insane.
10: Jeez,
11: I gotta report a man to the police. What is that? No,
7: this isn't happening.
11: can be real. It's not possible. possible. I gotta get out of here. I should be safe in the woods for now. What were those things? They didn't even look human. And they wanted to kill me. But, for some reason, I feel like i felt this before. I think my anxiety is getting worse over time. It's not good. <laughs> with this anymore. Maybe I should just give up. Just let it all come. I don't care anymore. Just end it all. Please.
0: Listening to your whore your way. 7.0. La Vita Maldita.
7: And this is my first year in the Your Story, Your Way program. Uh, my favorite scary movie? Well, I used to like the It franchise a lot. It's not really that scary, but I used to like that a lot. Other than that, I don't really like scary things because they freaking out for like the like, time after I've watched them. If I could only eat one kind of candy for the rest of my life, probably have to go like sour gummy worms because you can snack on them, they're not too hard, but I don't like chocolate, so I like to have something sweet or sour. If I had unlimited budget and resources, I think I would want to dress up as the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo. They have like really like, they're not that that complex costumes, but they're pretty cool um, and they'd be hard to find. I'd probably have to make them on my own but I would want to dress up as one of those. The scariest part of the year for me was moving to college. They um, moved 800 miles away from home and it was all new and different and a lot to take in and a lot to deal with, so that was scary. The title of my piece is Phantom and it describes one of the experiences of having OCD, which is intrusive thoughts, and it follows his character as uh, he walks into his home and then becomes paranoid that the door isn't locked, and he keeps having to check it and knock on wood to stop the jinx, because he's really afraid because of the phantom of OCD thoughts um, that something bad is gonna happen. And so it just sort of reflects the panic and fear that can come with Um, OCD, which a lot of people don't know that much about. have been complaining of whispers floating around lately. These whispers aren't hushed gossip or unkept secrets though. These whispers don't come from any human, either. The townspeople don't know it yet, but quite the terrifying phantom has found itself slipping into any vacancy it can find amidst the town's muddled minds. For many, the phantom is unable to find anything to make its long-term residence. It glides from mind to mind Mind mind. until it finds one it can really sink its nails into. The Phantom has found a host, like a parasite. It wiggles through the kid's ear canal and finds itself nestled comfortably within his brain. With cold fingers, the Phantom grabs hold, securing a new home for however long it wants. These whispers aren't rumors. They aren't secrets. They're nothing pleasant, either. The Phantom whispers something much worse than local scandals. Under this curse, you hear whispers of... ...your biggest fears. Think it'd be that easy? Did you? <laughs> this fandom is called intrusive thoughts. It won't tell you that though. It's a product of a curse called OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder. You may think you're familiar with OCD, but there is a lot more to the condition than germophobia or flicking light switches up and down before you leave the room. Intrusive thoughts are recurring unwanted thoughts, urges, and mental images. Intrusive thoughts in OCD are not exclusive to one another, but are often associated. As someone who has struggled with OCD and its intrusive thoughts since I was a child, I can attest to the distress and discomfort caused by the nearly constant beratement by my own brain.
3: My name is Maria. I'm 22, I just recently graduated from college, and this is my first year in the program. I don't really watch scare movies. I get easily scared, but I'm really into vampires as of recently, and I've been watching the show What We Do in the Shadows. It's actually not really scary, so I don't know if you would consider it a like a scary show, but if I had to pick one, that would probably be like my quote-unquote scary show. If I could only eat one specific candy for the rest of my life, it would probably have to be these sour straw. I think they're called like sour punch straws or something ridiculous like that, just because they remind me of my childhood. And I just really love this like sour sweet combo when it comes to candy. And if I had an unlimited budget and resources for Halloween, I think. Okay, I still would go for the simple costume, but I think I would have multiple costumes. I think that's just what I would do. It would be fun to like, get really accurate costumes. So I, this Halloween, I want to do Vaughn from Scooby-Doo, and I think it would be fun to like get all my housemates costumes as well. So if I had an unlimited budget, I would just get all of us costumes. The scariest part of this year for me has been the uncertainty, like not knowing what's gonna happen is really scary for me. I usually have some sort of like plan. I usually, I'm the type of person that has like a five year plan. And it felt like with the pandemic, there really was no way to have a five year plan. I just didn't know what next year would look like. I didn't know what next week would look like. And so I I remember feeling really frustrated, but also just afraid. I just didn't know what the future was gonna look like. And my piece is called Cursed. There are a few layers to that. There's story of two characters are revisiting their middle school and there's a story within the story, which is like they're going back into the past uh, and they're talking about one of the characters and how she got her nickname, which is La Bruca, because she supposedly cursed someone or, you know, someone called her a witch. And so there's that curse of cursing the bully in the story, but there's also the curse. The, the way that the people in this town makes sense of the circumstances that they're living through, and like how their schools, their their libraries, all these institutions that serve them are falling apart, and they're not. They don't have the necessary resources, and so there's that that notion of a curse as a way to make sense of you know systemic issues. But there's also the curse. I think at the very end of feeling like there's nothing you can do and feeling very helpless and that's a person itself and that's something that the character of La Bruja or Beatriz carries with her and that's all, that weighs on her. And I think that weighs on all the characters in the story.
2: made to feel like they didn't belong. Like they were foreigners in their own houses. As if their very existence was wrong. Go back to your own town. This is our land. Stop interrupting. This isn't about you. It's about her. La Bruja. And maybe a little bit about me too.
6: Excuse me. The name is Beatriz. You know I don't like being called La Bruja.
2: Oh, sorry, how are you? How long has it been? At least two years, no? Eh, give or take. Avrilita isn't doing too well, Bruja. Not since you left. Especially the school. The school is not really a school anymore, it's dilapidated, it's sad. It's windows, like, drooping eyes. Stop monologuing. You don't believe me? Well, you'll see for yourself then. Once upon a time, at Care Middle School, there was a bruja, Nipatriz, who so badly wanted to leave this town. She felt so out of place. Oh my god, don't be so dramatic. Why do we call her La Bruja, you ask? She that name on a balmy day in May, in the eighth grade. Out of my way, patas, flacas. Can't you see we're trying
6: to
3: play ball? <sighs> okay, I'll move. Get out of my way, you idiot. What are you doing here? You'll never belong. Your ancestors came here for what? Your American dream will never manifest.
2: That's not true. Are you listening to this, Bruja?
6: That's not what he said. That's not what you said. Remember, we were in middle
3: school. Get out of my way, you stupid
2: Mexican. And you said... Nothing? No, 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 there's no way I said nothing. And I said, leave him alone. You didn't have to do that for me. You didn't have to hit him. Trust me, I wasn't doing it for you. I hated that guy. You, you little
6: witch. I curse you, Lunalan Johnson. I curse you and all your descendants. Why did you say that? He
2: very much deserved it. What happened to the school? Some people say it's haunted. Some people say it's cursed. Some people think you cursed it, the day you cursed Donovan Johnson. Did it always look that way? It's gotten worse. trees. maybe you can fix it? Fix it? With what? Uncurse it, or something. Work your magic on it. So, you know I'm not actually a witch, right? There are no other schools for miles. And it's not just the schools, Beatrice. It's everything. The supermarkets, the post office, the libraries, the parks. I know. I wish I could help. But what
6: can I do? I can't save you. I can't even save myself. You think it's up to me what happens in this town? I'm not the one making the choices. You think anyone cares what happens to us? Let me tell you something. No one does. That's exactly why
5: I left.
2: My name is Sid. I'm 23, and this is my first year in the Your Story, Your Way program. My favorite scary movie is The Haunting from 1997 with Liam Neeson. As a three-year-old, I would watch the movie on repeat, and that probably explains a lot about how I am the way I am today. (laughs) If I could only eat one specific candy for the rest of my life, I would choose gummy sharks. There's just something about how cute and little they are, and also so tasty. If I had an unlimited budget, my dream Halloween costume would be Hellboy. Very into VFX makeup and props. And as a kid, I was very obsessed with Mike Mignola's artistic style. So to be able to replicate that in real life would be a dream. The scariest part of the year for me has been moving into my own place and kind of taking that step as an individual. And though it's made me a little anxious, I'm starting to overcome that fear and really enjoy life on my own. The title of my piece is True Crime. I became really fascinated with the idea that there now is this industry with true crime podcasts and media that use victims and the traumas that occur to them as labor to uphold their whole industry. And I found there was something truly horrifying in the cost that it takes to produce those. And I found that there was real horror in examining the cost that it takes to uphold these programs and now celebrities and the way the whole industry functions.
9: Are you sure
3: you'll be all right getting home? I know the car's full, but we can figure it out. No,
9: no, no I'll, I'll be fine.
3: I'll grab a lift or something. I'm right around here. <sighs> just text me when you get home, okay? You heard what happened to Jesse last week. I mean, Jesus. Didn't you hear the whole thing on their story podcast? $34 for a mile? Freaking surge. Walking it is. I just put on my headphones. It'll be fine. It'll
2: be fine. Welcome. My name is... And this is episode 13 of Their Story, a true crime podcast. Before we begin tonight's show, I want to take a moment to say thank you for the dedication of all one million new listeners this podcast would be nothing without the devotion of viewers like you. As always, before you decide to keep listening, a warning. This could be any of us. Still there? then we'll tonight? Listen in to your story. Did they change the name?
10: What the hell do you think you're doing?
2: Sorry, sorry. Of course, we can't be sure what drove the man to take pursuit that night. Was it the crash, a sudden interruption to his evening, or had he been lying in wait there? Onlookers in a nearby building would later report they heard a voice shout, Hey, wait, come back! Unknown to his victim, the pursuer held a knife close to his thigh later leaked audio of his confession would include minutes of laughter as the suspect detailed the grisly damage they would commit only moments from now. A link to their confession
10: help you with that.
2: I want to end the show tonight with one final thank you to the lucky viewers who made it to the end. Without you, this show wouldn't be possible. Be sure to find us on Patreon, like us on Apple Podcasts, and keep listening. You never know which show could be your last. Tune in.
12: I am 12 years old and I am in the program La Mesita. My favorite scary movie is probably, I don't know, I actually do watch a lot, but maybe Animal Creation, that was actually an interesting movie. And for games, I don't really do scary games. And books, I like, um, I don't really read scary books either, so. I don't really know what to say about that. Shoals are different. If I ate one specific candy for the rest of my life, I would probably eat Starburst. Starburst are my favorite. My dream Halloween costume would probably be a skeleton, but like I would do it all by myself, like all decorations and everything, like I had to paint on my hand and everything. And the scariest part of the year for me would probably be Halloween sometimes because like my cousin does always make sure she has to check the candy because she's just like you don't know if someone poisoned it or something so yeah it's pretty scary sometimes. Oh and the title of my piece is called the Legend of La Chancla. The Legend of La Chancla is about these um this mom who created more like upgraded and more powerful chanclas that like live on their own and do as they say well, mostly as the mom says, and whoever owner they has. So the mom bought a pair of shoes without realizing they were the powerful ones. And her child wasn't listening to her. So the chanclas like literally just had some kind of power. Flew out and hit the child. And once the Hispanic mom comes, they like stop. Well, it says scary stories. And I don't really know too many. Like stuff like La Llorona, stuff like that. I don't know too many things like that. Or at least I forgot, but... So, the first thing in mind came with the chancla. Hey, welcome to Your Horror Your Way. Today, I'll be sharing the story of how the chancla became the most powerful weapon on Earth. Ever since the chancla was created, a Hispanic mom decided to take it further by upgrading the chancla. She turned the pair of chanclas into a living thing. She knew it was too powerful to be in the wrong hands, so she started making other kinds of shoes and kept them in the attic so people wouldn't find them, or at least dare look. Unfortunately, after all her hard work to destroy, hide, and get rid of the chancla, the mother had passed away before anything could be done with the chancla. Her mother died due to the respiratory virus. Some say it is a mutated COVID-19, while others mention about the chancla. Her grandchild decided to open a shoe shop and planned on selling the chancla that the mom made, along with the shoes. The grandfather is unaware of the dangers and horrors the chancla holds. It is now year 2022, the son opened his own shoe shop with chanclas, huaraches, zapatillas and more shoes. Another Hispanic mom went to the store to get a nice strong pair of chanclas and she got what she wanted. The chanclas were alive so they felt that they were going to be bought any day now. They were dying to leave. The mom found the chanclas and they looked very beautiful. But did she know that they were alive and ready to attack? Once the daughter and son got home from school, they ate together. After the food, the daughter went straight to homework, but the son went straight to video games. His mom told him, do your homework and then video games, mijo. He didn't listen to her. The mom repeated herself, do your homework, then video games, mijo. The chanclas knew the mom needed help because the son still disobeyed the mother. So the chanclas flew out of the box and hit the son in the face. The boy started crying. And the mother was wondering what happened, so she went to go check on the son. The mom came to ask the son what happened, and she finds the chanclas whacking the sun. Once the mom came, the chancla stopped, and the son got up and did his homework. The mom was surprised about what happened, and was worried. We wonder, what's the chanclas next move?
0: You're listening to Your Horror, Your Way. 7.0 La Vita Maldita Brought to you by the youth of the Your Story, Your Way Class Studio and oh, La Mesita. In a small, remote village, Strange things have been happening. The food supply has dwindled. A plume of dust has surrounded the place, seemingly from nowhere. The soldiers from the kingdom have gone mad with power, slaughtering people with reckless abandon. The village elders surmise. A curse has been cast on the people. With the town facing impending doom, how will the people of the little village survive? Brought to you by the youth of the Your Story, Your Way class, studio, and La Mesita. This is Your Horror, Your Way 7.0. Bringing you the spookiest, Kookiest, kookiest, and creepiest audio stories to grace your ears. This is La Vita Maldita.
8: Program for I believe it's my second or third year. I don't recall which as I did the Christmas show last year. My favorite scary movie, I don't have a scary movie but I do have a scary game. It's called Castlevania Franchise and it's very, very cool, especially some of the newer games that came out. And I just like this, the themes of, of vampires because vampires are generally very strong and powerful beings. One specific candy I could eat for the rest of my life. Okay, I got it. You know those blow pops that I, you get from the corner stores? I love those because they have low gum centers in, in the middle of them. The blow pops, they're amazing. If I had unlimited budgets and resources, what would my dream Halloween costume be? I've had this idea for a while now, actually. I wanted to create a sort of realistic robot body for me. I tried this once last Halloween, it turned out all right, but not as, not as entirely as how I envisioned it. So I would like want foam, sort of armor on my arms and legs and body to signify mechanical pieces and muscles. Then I want a cool helmet of some sort to block out my face and so show only a visor. And I also saw on YouTube, it would be pretty cool if like underneath the plating, I could switch it on to make myself glow basically uh, between the arm pieces. I thought that was a really cool concept. And if I had unlimited budget and resources, why stop at foam, make it an actual metal piece? That could be cool. Scariest part of the year for me, uh, there's two of them. The first was when my dad uh, got COVID and that actually scared me a lot because back then COVID was like, most of the propaganda around is that you get it, you die. And I was very thankful and I'm very grateful that he was able to survive it and he's been COVID-free ever since. The second one happened way more recently. Me and my dad almost got into a car crash. Almost, emphasis on almost, thank God for the other guy stopping in time. So that was a little uh, shaking. And the title of piece and description of the piece I'm pulling up. The title is What You Would Do For Love. And the description of the piece is basically, there's, this, uh, there's a man who has lost his wife due to COVID, right? Shocker. But the twist here is that he is so stricken with grief and pain that he is resorting to anything to bring her back. Uh, screwing everyone else and not taking into consideration what she wants, only taking into consideration what he wants and what he deems is right. So he resorts in black magic, uh, he's, he's, he resorts to sucking demons, monsters, all to just make his dream of having her come back a reality. Because in his mind, she was taken too soon. When in reality, that's not how death works, buddy. Church bells gong, rain pours, soft crying can be heard from windows and black gowns. You gaze at the love of your life, now in a box of dirt. You feel a sense of emptiness, like a chunk has been ripped out of you, painful, and very much real. Someone has been taken from you, and you want to get her back. You go to your house. It's the same house, but it feels empty. Same bed, but it feels bigger. It causes you too much pain, so you make your way to the living room. Maybe some TV will ease your mind. Reports of COVID-19 cases have been slowing down quite heavily this past week. Authorities have stated that the results of past cases have shown that COVID-19 is finally come to a close. May this nightmare finally end. Oh dear. This does not help your mood. You feel infuriated by the fact that this is happening now. Now of all times.
10: Why is this happening now? Now of all times? Why couldn't this happen when she was alive? Why did this happen to her?
8: You scream in a fury, but it comes from a place of heartbreak, pain, and sadness. After the two whole weeks, you can't take it anymore. You can't. She was everything to you. Your life. Your purpose. You are breaking. And she commend you. For the next few months, you research how to reanimate, resurrect, and revive. You are so consumed with the taboo art of necromancy. Your goal is to fully bring her back. Not as an undead monster, but the way she once was. Perfect. Your books say that in order to have the power to fully resurrect someone with no rotting flesh or loss of mind, you need to steal the essence of other magical creatures through dark absorption.
10: Absorption of other creatures? Okay, so by the end of this, I need to be able to absorb Ren Karikato, or whatever the hell his name is. Before that, let's start small.
8: You activate a portal and a small mouse creature with spikes on the back of its head and four eyes screeches at you. You open your mouth and beams of energy start pulling the creature from your eyes and mouth. It screeches in denial, but not two seconds later, you easily absorb the small creature. (sighs) Next one. And so it begins. Your cycle for power to reclaim your lost love. You steal many creatures' souls, a cryomancing wolf henchmen of death. Flying terrors that spew acid and fire. A scuttlebug as big as a truck. A laughing centaur with the flesh from his upper body gone. The list goes on. As you absorb each of them it slowly gets more difficult for you to control and suppress them. Finally you come to the last monster you need to absorb. Ren Garikato. You open the portal and a humanoid demon emerges. His four eyes stare at you and great black wings spread out, almost welcoming. His claws are sharpened and the mystic tattoos all over his body glow with power. For Lila, You say as you roar and open your mouth. As the beams fire out, they pull at Ren who seems to not struggle. You only hear a mocking chuckle as you absorb your last demon. The pain hits hard, but finally you suppress, and you suppress, and you suppress, until finally, you've done it.
10: I've done it. I can bring her back, it's possible.
8: You cackle with insanity, filling the power of dozens of consumed demons and monsters. You make your way to the cemetery and see your wife's tombstone in front of you. You read aloud.
10: Lila Adler, 1992 to 2021. Let's right this wrong that was done to you. To us. To me.
8: You hold out your hand and begin chanting. It hurts. Your bones snap and regrow. Your voice changes. New anatomy forms upon you. You scream as you transform into a chimera of every single being you have absorbed. You have wings, tentacles, claws, horns, spikes, extra arms. It's beyond anything a human should experience. But your blind desperation of love has brought you to a point where you can't go back. So you continue chanting. A glowing orb floats from your wife's corpse. You keep chanting. Bones and flesh start to form from dust and float up to meet the orb. You keep chanting. The bones connect and tendons attach. You keep chanting. Skin begins to cover the flesh on the skeleton. You keep chanting. The blue orb enters her mouth as you conjure clothes for your beloved. You stop chanting. She gently falls to the floor, and after about five seconds, she gasps with air. She perks up and looks around, wildly.
9: Teddy? The hospital? My clothes? Why am I wearing this? Why am I...
6: Why am I in a graveyard? Where is Teddy?
8: Lila? She turns around. It's me, Lila. It's me, Teddy. I I brought you back. I saved you. But she did not see you, Theodore, her husband who had succeeded in doing the impossible and resurrecting her from the dead. Instead, she saw a monster A hulking beast with semi-human face, horns, multiple eyes, different types of teeth, tentacles, multiple arms, and wings. You try to reach out for her, but she screams in horror.
9: No! No! Stay away!
1: But...
8: but why? Can't you see me? It's me! She takes off her shoe and throws it at you. It's only when you catch the shoe with your multiple arms and tentacles that you realize how you look. Oh, Oh, don't worry, I I can fix this. But you can't fix it. You try to suppress your power, but your human body has little to no semblance in your new, superior state. You are stuck like this.
6: No, 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 no. (laughs) Lila, I swear to me, please.
8: That's when it happens. The act of resurrecting someone from the dead has caused a dissemblance in the universe, and reality starts to crumble on itself. Everything starts to melt away. Everything. You hear a scream as you look and see Lila's arm is melting away to black nothingness. You roar in fury as you shoot blasts of powerful magic of what seems to be the world. You can't stop it.
0: I'm sorry! I I didn't mean for any of this to happen,
10: I, I didn't want this to happen!
8: You beg for forgiveness as if someone is watching you. Watching your obsessive desire for love cost the universe. Well, you got your wish. You revived your wife. Congratulations. You guess it only cost the universe an all foreseeable life. The universe closes around you and you struggle trying to keep it together. But you can't. You can only look at your wife slowly dying again as the world implodes on itself. But it was worth it. Right?
1: My name is Vic, I'm 15, and this is my first year in the Your Story, Your Way program. My favorite scary movie would have to be Don't Breathe. It's very scary. If I could only eat one specific candy for the rest of my life, I guess I'd have to go with Kit Kat, because that's actually the only way to go. It's, it's fun, it's snacky, it's great. If I had an unlimited budget and resources, what would my dream Halloween costume be? Okay, this is a little out there. but. I'd get all my friends together and we would make a building out of human people. So one person would be the walls, one person would be the roof, they'd be hanging on the top, they'd be lying down. One person would be the floor and uh, people would just carry us around. Uh, and that's what I would be if I had unlimited budget and resources. I'd just be a whole building. And then I'd run into people, it'd be great. It'd be terrifying. Uh, the scariest part of the year was in the middle of the summer when I went out and I told my mom I'd be home at 10 and then I came home at 11 and she whipped out the slipper and running from that slipper was an experience that I will never forget. The title of my piece is The Forest. A short description of my piece is that my piece is about uh, a camper who only likes to go camping alone, which is weird. It's weird if you do that. You're a weird person if you only like to go camping alone. But my camper only wants to go alone and they decide to go to a new site this year. And some interesting things are happening there. Check it out.
11: (laughs) Go back.
1: To reconnect with nature. What I've always thought is that it removes from the experience if you go with other people. I mean what's the point if you have people around you? The whole point is to be alone with nature. go camping. i go alone. My usual site was closed this time around but I figured it's always good to try something new. I went to a new place called Maledictus Terrace. What's nice is that they only allow solo camping. They understand the sentiment. like So I left home to make my way for a good, long weekend of fun. Here are my record logs, you know, just for the memories. Night one. Ah, what a nice full day. Got to enjoy a hike, some snacks, real good. I met some of the park rangers, they're not very social people though. I wish these people had some camping spirit. You know what's great though, I've got a sweet setup deep in the forest. All these wooshy trees and beautiful bugs crawling all over the place. It's just me and my tent. i met one other camper, Todd. Super weird guy, seems really into his work. He's obsessed with this computer, even while surrounded by this much nature. He's writing like a documentary or something. The best part of the day was finding this weird rock. I guess somebody carved on it. It looks like they drew somebody who's just, just like incredibly bored. The person on the rock looks so done with the world. Ah, whatever. Feels like it's time to hit the hay. Bears will be out soon. Good night. Like there's not that much to do here, you know? There's only one pond, the rest is just forest. As much as I love nature, this feels like a scam. I spoke to Todd today, his documentary is about the curse that apparently haunts the campsite. I think that's kinda out there, but to each their own. There's actually one more camper here. No idea who he is, but he kinda just keeps to himself. He fishes in the pond though, I wonder why. He should've just brought his own food. He might have trouble fishing for food in these times. I found one of his fish, the dude just ate it raw. I mean, I'm familiar with sushi, but I'm not sure that's healthy, you know? It looks kind of gross, but who am I to judge? Alrighty then, it's been a long day. I think it's time for bedtime. Good night. Night three. Okay, I'm realizing that my days are getting progressively worse definitely not going to come back here. It's just the sheer boredom of the place, you know? Once you've seen, like, a bug or a snail, you've kind of seen all of them. As much of a nature enthusiast as I am, this is way too boring for anybody. Todd and the other guy left today. Todd mentioned he was prepared and ready for his travels. I never even got to talk to the other. Hold up, is somebody looking at me? I'm getting that creepy feeling. I'm going to go check that out. I'll just head out tomorrow morning. For now, good night. You know what? I think I'm gonna stick around. This place is nice. Nice enough to stick around for a long time. I guess I couldn't appreciate it until I talked to the other guy. Turns out he never left. His name's Gabe. He showed me this beautiful lotus in the middle of the pond. And I guess it shows you how beautiful the world really can be. I'm gonna stick around for a while. So, for now I'll end my audio logs. This forest is so great, I don't think I'll ever want.
5: My name is Angel. I am 17 years old here in Yolokali, La Mesita. This is my first year in the program. My favorite scary movie is going to probably be Trick or Treat. Uh, I don't really have a favorite scary show, but uh, I like American Horror Stories. My favorite scary game is probably has to be Outlast. If I had to eat one specific candy for the rest of my life, Uh, I love Hershey's Cookies and Cream. It's, um, it's really good, yeah. If I had an unlimited budget and resources, my dream Halloween costume would be, I don't know, something out of an edgy, uh, anime protagonist, I guess, from an isekai, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm a weeb. Uh, what's the scariest part of the year for me? Uh, that's gonna have to be February because so much schoolwork to do in February, I hate it. My story is called Nuclear Winter. It was inspired by many uh, shows and games that uh, kind of had that um, nuclear apocalypse setting. Uh, and my story is about how a nuclear winter would be here in Chicago, uh, how, to tr- how you would uh, traverse the city and just the dangers of being out in the open with radiation everywhere. 2022, the year where war changed all our lives. The city of Chicago was a nuclear target. 2.7 million of us were caught in the middle of it. The survivors consisted of those in the suburbs, basement dwellers, and those stuck in the subway downtown. So many friends are gone. My family, who I couldn't even give a proper goodbye to, is no more. The remains are disintegrated, their possessions, ash. I was naive during that year, I believe, and held on to false hope that I could at least find a friend who survived no matter what. I searched in the neighborhoods of Beverly, Morgan Park, Englewood, my home neighborhood of Bridgeport, downtown, O-Town, and Pilsen. Days of walking, being covered in my heavy clothes filled with radiation. My gas mask was given by the military men that came to the subway stop when this all happened. A year of searching with no results. The winter of 2023 would be one of the hardest the city would ever face. The nuclear blast changed the climate that the city usually had. The blizzards were furious, filled with snow and ash. I had my supplies prepared. My weapons, my flashlight, batteries, my knives, crackers, and some filters for my mask. But before I left the basement of my new post in Bridgeport, I made sure to grab the map I found at the cafe in the next street. A map of La Villita. When the ash settled in, the survivors figured out how to traverse the outdoors as the radiation levels were high. Many creatures became deformed, or dare I say, evolved. Rats became bigger. They were hairier. It was their speed that made them deadly. They never traveled in packs, but there were times when a horde of them would come crashing down on you. These were called runners. There were other monsters, such as the Buzzers, Zerballs, j Hissers, Kralos, and Balaams. It was the balums that you never wanted to encounter. Entering a little village was not so easy though. A pair of extremists called the Carbonators decided to blow up every bridge that connected the south side to the west side. There were only two options. Option number one was to cross by swimming through the river. The problem was that it was winter and the Zerbas, a species of mutated lizards, migrated to the river and during the summer, they would live by the lake. They were only hostile if someone trespassed the territory, so the river was a no-go. The second was to go through the expressway, I-90-94. Or it goes through the red line tracks. It would be more of a detour, but I had time. There was nothing else to do in this world of ash anyway. The date is january sixth, twenty twenty three. That's been three hundred and sixty-two days since the blast. It's been a long journey to reach back to 35th Street. This was the start of my perilous journey to go across the river. Back then it was easy, despite the number of people that were there to mug you. This is good times. With all the bridges gone, I have to resort to the tunnel. The expressway there has been even more dangerous than I believed. Now I got to take the red line tracks from 35th to Chinatown. I've been quite lucky during this time as well. I befriended the Bridgelands, the previous residents from Bridgeport and Nomura Square. They've knew me from just long ago. They've let me pass through the station. Many of these people I've known as i lived here before. The journey has not begun. The date is January 7th, 2023. It has been 363 days since the blast. I've reached Chinatown in this case. The walk lasted longer than I believed, but the track is very close to the expressway. One wrong move and I could have been dead by the J-Saws. Luckily, I managed to pass through without detection. Now I'm running out of filters. It won't matter, because once I make the tunnel, I will not need the gas mask in there. But there are worse deaths than radiation and suffocation. It's quite sad to see how quiet Chinatown is now. At the moment, I will rest at the library, but I'll move on the next day. The date is January 8th, 2023, has been 364 days since the blast. I reached the tunnel quite quickly, as I had a leave to an increase of JSON activity near the vicinity. I went in and turned on my flashlight. After five minutes, my gear counter stopped clicking. I took off my mask and breathed in the smell of blood and rotten flesh. I had at least half a mile until I reached the Roosevelt station where the advocates, vigilantes who defended the people of the downtown area were stationed. After another five minutes of walking, I heard a sound. The sounds of something crawling. But where? I had to move carefully and I had to make sure not to make a sound. I had to keep my light on to make sure not to trip on the tracks. The sound was getting louder. But where is it coming from? It's coming... from the right? No, above. The sound just echoed through the tunnel. I had no way to figure out where this creature was. One thing is for certain. This was a Balaam. I kept walking, but a new sound now pierced the tunnel. My Geiger counter. My flashlight stopped working, but for the moment, that didn't matter. I had to quickly put on my gas mask and unplug my backpack. I grabbed a rag and a bottle filled with alcohol and petrol. I grabbed my big lighter and set off through the dark tunnel once more. The crawling got louder and louder. As I was making progress, I was so close to my destination. Hmm, but just as I thought that, I tripped on the track. The loud bang resonated through the tunnel, but the crawling stopped. My lighter was gone, but there were other green lights in the ceiling. They start falling and breaking apart. Then the balaim fell on me, and I had a panic attack as it lunged to slice off my throat. (laughs) Luckily, I had my knife with me, and it stabbed me in the eye. It crawled away, but I could still see its eyes. These spider-like things cannot be killed. Your flesh is as hard as tungsten, and bullets do not work on them. Luckily, fire works, but as I pulled, the bottle was rag, the balaam screeched, and I could hear more calling noises. I had to run. I was outmatched, and I would be dead if I didn't have a molotov. I started to run and pick up the lighter. I then lit up the molotov and threw it to what I thought was... ...and it set a huge blaze. I kept running, but unfortunately my boot was caught in the flames and I had to slow down to pat away the fire. I could not expose myself to the radiation. I had to keep running and running, and I could see a light and a siren ringing. And then something jumped behind me. Its eight legs wrapped me up, and I was pinned. This was it, I saw. But then gunfire started pouring from the light, and the spider was dazed for a second from the impact and let me go. I started to crawl, screaming from the top of my lungs to whoever was on the other side to stop firing. They stopped and I sprinted as fast as I could. I got over some wooden barricades and as I did, people in heavy armor with what looked like flame drawers, jumped over the barricade and lit the tunnel on fire. After a few minutes, I was brought to safety, but my leg was burnt. It was over at least. The nightmare that was the Arachne Tunnel. My journey wasn't over, not by a long shot.
0: the use of the Your Story Doorway class, studio, and la mesita.